Chapter 13 Alpin opened his eyes. He stared at the wooden ceiling and blinked several times to focus. The pitter-patter of rain tapped on the roof above. He cleared his throat and rubbed his eyes, working to shed the haze of slumber that clung to him like a moist garment. Good to see you've rejoined us, Luog said, moving through the room with a mug of hot cider. You've been away for some time. We were wondering if you'd ever return at all. Luog chuckled as he spoke, hoping to lighten the air. He approached Alpin, and set the cup of cider on the table beside the makeshift bed. Luog, where am I? Alpin asked. He pushed back his blanket and shifted his weight to rise from the bed. Uck, he grunted, realizing his leg wasn't ready to move. Rest, Alpin. Rest. Luog placed his hands on Alpin's shoulders and coaxed him back to the bed. Then he lowered himself to the stool beside Alpin. You're in Renton. You've been fading in and out of consciousness for several days. You're weak. You'll need food and rest before you can do much good for yourself or anyone else. Where's Chorich, and the other boys? Where's Ina? Chorich, Ronan, and Les came back to Renton with you. You were badly injured from the arrow you took in your leg. They nearly didn't get you back in time. Lathan's physician, Seamus, has been tending to you. He treated your wound to fight off infection. Luog lifted a jar of brown liquid from the table. How is your leg? The pain is bearable. I suppose it's healing, Alpin said, trying to dismiss the ache of the muscles throbbing in his thigh. Here, take this. Luog offered the mug of cider. Alpin took it and drank. Alpin, it's good that you woke. Luog's tone turned serious. Much has happened that requires your attention. The men are ready for war, but there is discord among them. Luog stood and turned. He thought carefully of his next words. Alpin, there are other things that I must tell you. Alpin lowered the mug to the table. He would force his body to obey. He shifted in the bed, pulled off the blanket, and set his feet on the floor. Pain surged through his injured leg. He grimaced and sat on the edge of the bed, pausing for a moment and peering at Luog. What is it, Luog? By the look on your face, it isn't good. You're right, Alpin. It isn't good. Let me start by saying our men are at odds. As a people who must be united, we are divided. Right now, over 500 men fill every square foot of Renton. Dalryadan men from across the countryside have come to fight the Vikings. They have come to protect our lands. Constantine and I both agree that we must move now to strike the Vikings if we hope to have any chance of rescuing our people. Gura and that arrogant son of his insist we must join the Picts to ensure victory. And I should say, Taran speaks with a silver tongue, and many are swayed by him. Where is Constantine? Can he not convince the men otherwise? Constantine is speaking to several of the men now. He will return shortly, I should guess. But Alpin, understand, Constantine's position is weakened. When you were gone, he kept the men in Renton, insisting we wait for your return. And now you're back, but he cannot, he, Luog stammered. Frankly, you are not ready to lead the men, not in your condition. And Taran, he uses this as justification to seek aid from Angus and the Picts. Damn him. We do not need Angus and the Picts fighting our war. Taran is a fool to think Angus would help us without demanding our very souls pledged to him.
Why can't he see this? I grow weary of that boy, Alpin said, angry at Taran and even more so at his own incapacity to lead. He shook his head and stared at the floor. What does Lathan say? He agrees with Constantine, that we must keep our focus on the Vikings. But at times he has given ear to Gura. It will help now that you are able to speak to the men. And Chorich? Alpin asked. I assume he is Constantine's right hand in this. Yes. Alpin, Chorich is adamant that we not seek the help of the Picts. He's convinced that the men who ambushed you were sent by Angus. Constantine tried to reason with him, but Chorich wouldn't hear it. He's certain he's right. And now he has left, along with Ronan and Les. We're not sure where they went. Chorich only said that he could prove Angus was involved in the attack on Renton. When we found that they had left, we sent scouts to find them. But we've yet to hear back. Luog studied Alpin, watching his brow furrow and the muscles in his arms and face tighten. Do you believe the men who attacked you were Picts, Alpin? I do not trust Angus for a moment, but I believe in the end he knows he has too much to lose if he sides with the Vikings. Alpin lifted his head and stared at Luog. I can't see Angus doing this. Nor I, Alpin, Luog replied. Nor I. Now I understand your concern. Chorich, Ronan, and Les have gone missing, possibly looking for clues, and Gura and Taran remain here, stirring up trouble and dividing the men. I need to speak to Constantine. Luog straightened his frame and began to pace. Alpin, there are other things I must speak of. He paused and took a deep breath. Nessa escaped from the Vikings and made it back to Renton. She arrived before you did, but we weren't able to tell you until now. Nessa's home? Alpin exclaimed. Is she with her mother? She is with Ina. They are at Chorich's house with Siana, Luog said. But there's more, Alpin. Kenneth was the one who freed her, but he was caught by the Vikings during their escape. Alpin stared long into Luog's eyes. There's something else you're not telling me, Luog. What is it? Tell me what happened to Kenneth, and what did Nessa say about Aiden? Tell me, Luog. Tell me. Alpin, stop, Luog replied, lifting his hands to settle his friend. As I said, Kenneth was taken captive. But Aiden, Alpin, he died during the escape. What? No. That can't be right. Alpin rose to his feet, then swayed sideways and caught his balance. There must be a mistake. He's got to be alive. Do you know this for certain? Alpin, Nessa saw it happen. She saw it all. Aiden fell from high on a ridge. He and another man, a Viking, neither survived. I'm sorry, Alpin. I'm sorry. Alpin ran his fingers through his hair. He scrubbed his scalp over and over, as if the scrubbing would subdue his nightmare. His shoulders hunched, and he buried his face in his forearms and pulled at the hair on the back of his head. Damn it! He yelled. He grabbed the mug of cider and hurled it across the room. The brittle vessel hit the wall and shattered, raining broken shards across the floor. I'll kill those bastards, Alpin seethed through clenched teeth. I need your scouts to find Chorich, Ronan, and Les. We must leave at once. I will not lose Kenneth to those savages. I understand, Alpin. But please, remain here and gather your strength for now. 
Let me fetch Constantine and the physician, Luog said, peering into Alpin's eyes. I'll be back shortly, he muttered. Then he spun and hurried from the room. Alpin returned to kneading his scalp, fighting to make sense of what he had heard. He moved from the bed and wandered about the small room, fighting his aching thigh and limping as he moved. I will find you, Kenneth. I will find you, he mumbled to himself. Constantine, we tire of inaction. And you know, as I do, the men tire as well. Certainly you agree. Gura said, standing under the tent that sheltered him and a half dozen others from the drizzling rain. I understand, Gura. Now get to your point, Constantine replied. For the sake of the men, the captives, and every Scot, we have to move forward. We cannot wait for Alpin to receive some divine healing to save us. We must move ahead, Gura repeated. This is why you've called me here. Constantine said, you have some enlightened fix for all this. We know you want the Scots to pursue the Vikings without aid. That is, if our men are still willing to stand as one. You believe that we alone can stop the Vikings. Constantine, these are not Britons, and this is not A. We need more men, and we need them now. We have been over this Gura. I will not, and these men will not, pledge fealty to a pompous Pict who wishes to be king. We are not pledging fealty to Angus, Taran interrupted. We are asking him to help in a time of need. He will see likewise, that we are his aid against the Vikings, or else he'll be their next victim. What do you mean when you say, we are asking him to help, Taran? Constantine replied. My father and I have spoken to the men. The men of Dumbarton, as well as those from some of the other villages, have agreed that adding the Picts assures our victory, Taran replied. We've sent five men from Dumbarton to Perth. They left this morning to speak to Angus and relay our terms. Terms. I don't recall any terms, Constantine replied. Terms that state that we as a people will fight beside the Picts in battle against the Vikings, they are enemies to both Pict and Scot, Taran said. Did you think that possibly Luog or I, or Alpin, would have liked to have known your terms before you sent these five men? Constantine sneered, turning and glaring at Gura. Alpin. You begged us to wait for his return, Taran accused. Now he has returned, and he is so frail he cannot even get out of bed. He is not fit to lead. Son, you would be wise to give your words more thought before you allow your tongue to speak. I assure you, Alpin is more fit to lead from bed than you are with wings, soaring high in the sky above. Constantine's eye grew and he fought to remain composed. I am uncertain if it is your pride or your impetuous thinking that worries me most, but if you're five men. Constantine, Constantine. Luog shouted, traipsing through the falling rain toward the men. Constantine paused and waited for Luog to reach the tent. He shot an angry glance at Taran before turning his attention to Luog. What is it, Luog? He called out as Luog approached. Constantine, Alpin is awake. He's awake and he's walking, Luog said, as he entered the tent and took a moment to catch his breath. He's out of bed. When did he wake? Not long ago. But he's up, I assure you. I should say too, I told him of Aiden. He is angry, very angry. We should get Seamus to look at him, but he likely needs a moment first, I'd give him some time. 
A hush fell over the group and they gawked at one another, wordless. Luog stared at the men huddled under the tent, his eyes moving from one man to the next, catching their furtive glances. Their silence, and posturing, was deafening. What's been going on here? Luog asked suspiciously, and he peered at Gura and then at Taran and Constantine. Another incident, one that will only serve to feed Alpin's anger, Constantine replied. He glared at Gura, I'll let you be the one who explains this. Constantine lowered his head in disgust and walked from the shelter into the dreary rain.